I don't want to say a competition against yourself, but it's like it's honoring your own goals and your own, you know, your own sense of what makes you feel good. Diz Runs Radio, episode 944, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. guys uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show if you've been kind of on the fence thinking about maybe maybe this will be the year that uh, I'll get somebody to help me with my training to basically just to tell me what to do so all I have to do is go out there and run the miles and do the workouts and do all the things uh, if you've been thinking about getting a coach I know a guy aka I am a guy uh, we've got we've got a couple of openings at the coterie a couple of openings at the uh, the one-to-one coaching level and uh, spoiler alert and this isn't some salesy, sleazy sales gimmick. I promise you, this is this has been long overdue. We've been doing some upgrades, investing in some some better software than uh, what we how we used to do it on the Google Sheets, um, which were terrible. I apologize to everybody who labored with me through the Google Sheets era. Um, but we're we're up and using proper software, using the Final Surge platform, and uh, the prices are going up. The prices are going up for the Coterie. Prices are going up for one to one coaching. Um, probably about the first of June, something like that. But if you get in now or get in before the prices go up, whenever that date actually, you know, whenever it finally eventually happens, uh, you can lock in the current rates for as long as you want to stay with me. Um, I don't raise prices on current athletes that I'm working with, uh, only on the new folks. So while you would still be a new folk now, you would still get the same price for, uh, forever for as long as you want to work with me. So if you're interested in in uh, checking out the details, the fine print, the websites are being updated, may have already been updated. I don't know. I'm recording this a couple weeks early. Don't don't tell anybody. Um, but uh, if, if the websites are updated, you can check out the details there. If not, the main details are still still accurate. Uh, Dizruns.com slash coaching is the home base. All the, the specifics about the Coterie, one-to-one information can all be found there. And of course, if you have any questions for me, just holler. Uh, I'll answer your questions. I'm not going to try to push you in any one direction. I'll answer your questions. You decide which level may or may not be the right fit for you. Or maybe you just decide that I'm not the right fit for you, which is totally cool. I uh, hope you can find somebody else that might be right for you. But if you think I might be the right fit, let's talk. Let's get you going uh, so that you're, you know, you can you can be on the the... The favorable side for you of uh, the upcoming price increase. But check it out, disruns.com slash coaching. Any questions, just holler. And now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, guys. My uh, guest today is someone that I've been following on Twitter for a while now. And uh, finally, you know, after I don't know how long, came to my senses and uh, invited him to join me for a chat here on the show. And, and thankfully, he uh, accepted and here we are. So uh, lots of things to talk about today, but kind of a couple of the, the quick highlights that, I mean, real quick highlights. Uh, he runs a lot of miles, which obviously qualifies him to, to be here. Uh, he also writes a lot of words in his, his professional life, uh, writer of various forms from articles, journals, uh, to also writing a, a book, which we may or may not get to today because it's not necessarily running related, but hey, you never know how, how conversations shift out. Uh, but I'm looking forward to a, a few easy miles today with Mr. Dylan Roach. So uh, Dylan, thanks for uh, for joining us and welcome to the show. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. This is awesome. <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad you're glad you're excited. I'm certainly looking forward to it. And guys, if you enjoyed today's conversation, um, and again, whether or not we get to as much of the professional stuff, he does have his his website is a little bit more professional slanted, uh, which makes sense. I mean, shoot, I guess I don't know. My website's kind of nonsense, but I guess it's also kind of professional slanted. But anyway, uh, DylanRoachWriter.com is the is the website, and that's Roach R O C H E. D-Y-L-A-N, Dylan Roach, writer.com. Uh, and on the Twitter and the Instagrams, it's the same handle, both places, which is always uh, appreciated, or maybe not appreciated, but it's easier. It, it avoids confusion uh, when it's the same social media handles, and it's Dylan is writing, D-Y-L-A-N is writing, all one word on the social medias. And uh, as per usual, we'll have everything linked up in the show notes for today, so it's real easy to, to find if you're somehow confused or lost or or whatever. Uh, you just kind of forgot about, what what is the handle again? Oh, just point it over to the show notes as always, disruns.com slash 944, disruns.com slash 944 for today. Links, photos, the whole nine as per usual. So uh, Dylan, the way we always uh, start things off here on the show is with what is definitely a simple question as far as it, it relates to me asking. Uh, I, I don't stumble over my words too often when it comes to asking this question, uh, but sometimes the answer is pretty straightforward. Sometimes it's a little bit uh, more difficult for the folks to answer because there's, quite frankly, a lot of good good choices out there. Uh, but in any event, it gives us a good place to start the conversation. It's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Ooh, and I, I think that's, I mean, that's kind of a tough question because it's like, what am I trying to get out of the race is the better question. Um, in some respects, I'm going to, I'm going to say a marathon. I'm going to say the good old 26.2 miles. Um, just because, you know, that's, it's challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, and which is always like what I want to get out of a race. I want it to challenge me in some way, or, or I, I guess I always want my race to, I want to get a good story out of a race. So whether that is the people that I'm running with and, you know, enjoying their company or whether it is the cause that I'm running for, if it's like raising money for a charity, because, mm -hmm. you know, like I think of a, a 5k or a 10k is really short and simple, but if it's with great people and for a good cause, like, Hey, I'll definitely register for that. Mm -hmm. But if I'm going out to challenge myself, you know, I got to do a full marathon. Um, and I only say that because, I have not run an in-person ultra just yet. I've done some virtual ones over the last year, but I haven't done an in-person one yet. And that is on my to-do list yeah. as soon as in-person races become a thing. And who knows, maybe the next time you talk to me and I've done one of those in person, I'll say to you, you know what? I'm, I'm all about the 50 miler now. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know if it's interesting, but it's, it's, Whenever I do have somebody that's back on the show for a second time, or you're just catching up at various various places on on social media or in person racing, like you said, when that's maybe a thing again, um, it's it's fun when I ask the the same question again. And sometimes the you know it's locked and loaded, like it's still it's it's always been you know the half marathon, it's always been the marathon, whatever, and it, and it will continue to be. Uh, but there's been a few folks that have been on the show three or four times, and every time they've answered the question differently because of like what you said, you have never tried this race before and you find that you really enjoy this distance better. Right. Or, you know, just what do I want to get out of the race? Right. If it's, if it's a matter of challenging myself, 26.2 miles is a great challenge. And, um, I, you know, I enjoy that, but you know, I've done some, vir I, I did a couple of virtual 50 milers and, that's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, 
you know, so I won't complain about it because I felt stronger having done it and coming out of that. But yeah, it's, it's intense. Yeah. And then you, and then you can always, you know, go down the, the, the rabbit trail of, you know, any race can be, any distance can be a really tough challenge based on obviously the effort that goes into it. Like as far as, you know, you mentioned 5k, 10k, and I'm, I'm definitely not a, a 5k guy, 10k, like I'll take a 10k, but you know, 5k, yeah. like that's just hard. Like it's, it's hard from the drop versus the longer distance stuff. And even if you, I mean, I guess if you're really trying to race it hard, but still it's a different level of hard from the, the get go, because you got to be out there for three hours, four hours, five hours, whatever, whatever the, the pace is, whatever the distance is versus that 5k, man, if you're trying to, to PR or, or just really run it hard, I mean, you don't have time to dilly dally. Like it's, it's go from, from the, the drop right away. Well, and that's the embarrassing thing about five K's. I will say is that I, I have made kind of a self commitment that if, you know, I, I think people in my area in my local area and in my community know me as that guy who's always out running. Mm-hmm. Um, and people will reach out to me and say like, Hey, we've got a charity 5k coming up. Are you interested in participating? And I've kind of made a commitment to myself that just as a runner, if I can use this hobby to like do some good in the world, I will always make myself available if I can. Mm -hmm. So that's how I wind up at some of these, you know, charity 5k's to benefit the local elementary school or the local, you know, food bank or, Mm -hmm. or what have you. And when I get to that starting line, I'm just kind of like a, like a puppy let loose and I want (laughs) to run, but I always kind of feel like a little bit of an idiot coming across the finish line because I will usually be running against just neighborhood people who aren't experienced runners. And there I am like dusting these little kids who Mm -hmm. came out to like do their elementary, like their PTA 5k. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm not trying to be competitive. I'm not going for a PR. I just like to run when I get that chance. So I don't want to be that guy who shows up at, you know, the fundraiser 5k and, and takes it so competitively. <laughs> right. Right. Although for me, that's the only chance I have of winning some of the races sometimes. So it's, it's kind of, it's, it's that, it's that, uh, you know, don't want to be that guy, but at the same time, like I kind of have a chance to, to feel what it's like to actually be out in front of a, in front of a pack for a change, as opposed to like, we've got some really good runners in, in the community. And so you run the, the more community five yeah. K's and it's like, I mean, you could throw down your best time ever and you're, you're lucky to be in the top 100 some days. So it's, it's, you know, right. Which exactly. way do you want to go? Right. Yeah, no, that's very true. I agree with that. <laughs> So, uh, Dylan, how'd you get uh, started in the sport? Is it something that you've been doing for years more recently? Where'd you get started? You know, it's, I, I love telling this story because I think that, you know, if I could kind of inspire another runner, you know, that's going to give me all the, the warm fuzzies and everything like that. But I know for me, I was not an athletic kid by any means. Um, and, you know, was always just kind of like opposed to, athletics and didn't really want to just, I wasn't competitive. I didn't want, you know, I wasn't particularly good at any sports. Like I didn't want to, I didn't want any part in that. And then, um, my freshman year of college, I came home from class on the first day I was going to our, you know, the local community college, all of my friends had gone away to four year schools and I was just feeling very lost, very without direction, um, very depressed and frustrated. And I 
just on impulse came home from class on the first day dug into the back of my closet and found a pair of gym shoes that I had never worn. I cannot even for the life of me think of why I owned them in the first place. Cause like I said, it's not like I was working out an awful lot. Um, and so there I am just this, this, you know, frustrated, depressed 18 year old kid who was, a, you know, really out of shape, a little overweight. Um, and just, had never run outside of doing the mile in gym class in high school um, and willingly put on a pair of running shoes and went out and did three miles just fueled by sheer frustration Um, because it's not like I was in shape. It's not like three miles was it. It's not like three miles was an easy thing, but I did three miles without stopping simply because I was so determined to like, get all of these bad feelings out of me. And what I found was that like, wow, I, this was a sense of accomplishment that I didn't know that I had. And I felt a sense of empowerment that I didn't know that I had ever really felt before. And so throughout that whole fall semester, my freshman year, I just kind of stuck with running every day after class. And it really just transformed me in terms of, setting goals and feeling better about myself and having confidence. And, you know, that was when I started to sort of figure out, okay, this is what I want to do. This is the school that I want to transfer to. Um, Hey, this idea for a novel that I've had kicking around in the back of my head for a few years, I'm going to start outlining this and start putting plans in motion to actually write this thing that has always been a dream for me. And, you know, I just, as I stuck with it over the like next few years, running just kept me grounded and it has kept me grounded throughout adulthood. Um, now I'm, I'm 34 now. So, I mean, I guess I do the math and that's what, you 15, know. 16 years, something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. And, and it has just been there for me throughout good times and bad Mm -hmm. that every, every, you know, now, now I'm a morning runner. I wake up early and I go out there and I do a good like 12 or 15 miles. Um, and it's just the way that I start my day. It gets my blood flowing. It gets my, you know, my thoughts organized in my head and I come back home just feeling refreshed and excited to take on the day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I've I've become a morning runner over the the years too, uh, in part because of living in Florida. Like, you know, if you want to run in the afternoon and evening, like you can, and I used to. Yeah. But boy, it's uh, you, you know, you're 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 setting yourself up for making it more difficult than uh, it is just getting out of bed and trying to get it done before the the sun even bothers coming up. Um, but right. you know, you mentioned twelve to fifteen miles. Is is that every day? I feel like I saw somewhere that you're a, a streaker. Is that uh, is that accurate? Yes. So, <laughs> I do. I, my streak will be nine years on July 1st. So July 1st this summer, I will have run every day for nine years. Um, yeah, it would, my, my July 1st, and it was not something that I ever set out to do. It's not like July 1st, 2012, I said, I'm going to start a running streak. I just like, I realized, I mean, I would, I would never 
discourage somebody from taking a day off. And it's not like, I think that like, you know, I'm not sitting here saying like, Oh my gosh, days off are for wimps. Days off are healthy for you. They're good for you. Um, especially if you're sick or injured or something like that. But I have found that I just feel better on days that I go out running. And I've realized that like my days off, you know, even if I was doing some other type of active recovery, like swimming or walking or something like that, my days off just, I didn't feel right. And I just said, you know what, I'm, I'm, going to do it every day if I feel like it. And if I woke up one morning and said, I don't feel like running today, you know, I could, I could take the day off. There's nothing stopping me. Um, and if, if I ever actually like seriously injured myself and I've definitely had things where I'm like, okay, my ankle is swollen or this muscle feels strained or, you know, this is uncomfortable, but once I get moving, it feels better. Um, I've never had to like run through pain. So I guess knock on wood, I am very fortunate in that I don't get injured, but yeah, I just said, you know, I'm going to give up. Like, I'm just not going to bother with days off anymore. And then one thing led to another. And before I knew it, years had gone by. And the only reason that I remember my last day off was, um, it was, it was during, and, and I'm sure that, People living along the East Coast will remember when the derecho of summer 2012 came through the area, knocked out power for the entire coast. Mm -hmm. Um, And I chose not to run that day because um, it was like 110 degrees. And I just thought, you know what? We don't like we don't have electricity. So there's no like air conditioning to come home to. <laughs> There's no guarantee I'm going to cool off. I was like, this it might as well just be a good idea to take it easy. But that was my last, that was the last time I really took a day off. And after that, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to stick with it. <laughs> I, I, um, as people that have listened to the show for a while know, um, not that I'm, I, I don't know. I, 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 I would hesitate to call myself anti-streak yet. I probably would get called, get labeled as, as an anti, anti-streak guy. Um, and I say uh-huh. that, and, and I don't know, this, this will come out the middle of, of May, so people are listening to it, that I, I may be streaking in the month of month of May, um, kind of dabbling with the idea of trying it out. So I don't know, maybe I'm in the middle of a streak right now, or maybe uh, maybe not. We'll, we'll see. Um, but anyway, all that to say, um, like I've tried streaking before. It didn't, uh-huh. didn't work for me. Uh, and I think for me personally, it was more of a, a mental fatigue than a physical fatigue. Maybe yeah. it was both, but like I just – like currently – you know, for the last year or year and a half now, six days a week, fairly religiously Sunday off just about every single week, unless there's a race day that's on a Sunday. Then of course you race on Sunday and Monday becomes an off day or whatever the situation is. Um, but, but I just, you know, again, I mean, up until as we're recording this and and two days from now, it'll be May 1st and I, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, but like, I just feel like that one day off just kind of resets me mentally gets me going. Um, and I get the whole running starts the day off well. My days, my days during the week definitely work better on the days that I run than if there's some random situation that reason that I don't. Um, but but it, you know, especially maybe in those early days when you're still kind of getting into this, whole, maybe even before you realize that it was a streak, you know that that type of yeah. days. Um, were there, were there times that you you felt fatigued that you felt like like maybe I need a day off, but I know I'll feel better if I like. Were there ever any wrestling matches early with with how you felt running every day? No, no. And in fact, you know, I, I 
feel like it would because I feel like it would be healthier for me to say that, mm. you know, yeah, there were some days that I wanted to take a day off because, you know, I know you said you're anti streak and I'm sure that that is in part due to the fact that like <laughs> a little a day off for recovery is probably healthy for you. Um, and there just there never was there never was that mm-hmm. like deliberation for me. Well, and I, I mean, I, you know, if there's one thing that I definitely am, <laughs> you want to call me anti-streak or not, I'm definitely a fan of, you know, everybody has to do or should do what works best for them. And and obviously if that means taking three days off a week, cool, run four days a week. That's, that's awesome. And if running every day yeah. for nine years is working for you and clearly, you know, like you said, a little niggle here and there, nobody, like everybody's going to deal with that. Um, but staying healthy and, and, you know, just the way it sets up the day and things like that, like, like by all means, but, um, again, kind of just, just to kind of get the the feel for your streak and and your situation a little bit, Dylan. Sure. Um, I mean, is it, is it the same type of distance every day or do you kind of have those quote unquote off days that I hear streakers talk about once in a while where it's, where it's a one mile, one or two miles, you know, just to keep things going, but it's not, not as, as taxing of a run as six, eight, you know, 12 to 15, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah, no, it's, it's. Right now, 12 miles is my minimum for, for years, 10 miles was my minimum, but then that slowly, but surely like just crept up to 12 miles. And I think that's the other thing is that, that if, if my streak were affecting my endurance, like if I found that I wasn't able to like keep pushing myself, then I'd be like, okay, well maybe if I cut back a few days then I'll be able to go farther. But I, right now it's 12 miles is my minimum every morning. Um, sometimes if I've had like a long day and I need to clear my head or if I've been sitting at my desk for a long time and I need to get my blood flowing, I'll go out and do like a little two or four mile in the evening. Um, just to, you know, just to reset. Um, and then if I have a day where the weather is beautiful or I've just got a wide open schedule, yeah, then I'll go out and push it to like 15, 17 miles, something like that. And that's always, that's always really, that always feels really good because I think that people have it in their head that like, just because you do 12 miles every day, that all of a sudden 12 miles is easy. And I I think that's a very unfair <laughs> assumption. 12 miles is always going to be really hard and going to be really challenging. And then pushing it beyond that is just, is kind of crazy that, mm-hmm. you know, on the days that you're like, I'm going to push it to 15 miles today. People don't realize like 15 miles is tough. Right. You come home and you're gassed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, again, from, 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 whatever my position is, it's like, you know, it's one thing to do 15 miles on for me, you know, 15, 18 miles on a Saturday. Like that's fine. Like, yeah, yeah. I might be gas and I, you know, I might do some work around the house in the afternoon, whatever, you know, um, because I know tomorrow on Sunday, like I'm sleeping in a little bit, like nothing crazy, but I'm sleeping in a little bit. I'm relaxing, watching, you know, watching whatever nonsense my daughter's watching on TV while I'm drinking some coffee and putzing around on the phone because like, I'm not going to run. So gas myself, whatever. Um, but you push it a little bit farther and then, Oh, by the way, the next day, like we're still going out and getting another, another 12 miles minimum. Um, so it's, it's a, it's, it's a different ball of wax completely. Right. Oh, exactly. And, and like if on the, on my long run days, it's not like it pushes, it's not as if it really puts me out of commission. I mean, I can easily do a 15 miler in the morning and then still have a very active day throughout the rest of the day where I'm, you know, taking my dog for a long walk or, you know, maybe 
um, hitting up the park or, you know, going down to the river or something, you know, I like to be outside. It's, it's inspiring. And I'm, I, you know, as a writer, I spend a lot of time cooped up in my home office on my computer in front of a notebook, like getting words out of me. And I really do need frequent breaks to get outside and get some fresh air and some sunshine and all that stuff. So, you know, I, I've never let a 15 miler put me out of commission for the rest of the day where I feel like, Oh, I, now I need to be sedentary, right. you know, until evening. No, I'm doing this physical challenge in the morning because I know it's going to give me more energy throughout the day. And that's, and it, like... it helps with my anxiety. <laughs> Go ahead. I was just going to say it helps with my anxiety too. Yeah. <laughs> like, Part of the reason I do this is because the more physical exertion I have, the less energy I'm dedicating to like worrying about mm -hmm. stupid stuff. <laughs> well, and and I was just going to say that I feel like, you know, talking about the physical, like, like it's so counterintuitive to the, the average person that like, oh, if I'm going to go out and run, whatever the number is, you know, it, obviously it scales yeah. up and down six miles, eight miles, 10 miles, 15, 20, like whatever. I'm going to go out and run in the morning. And then that's going to give me more energy during the day. Like, no, 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 that doesn't make sense. But I think runners recognize that. And I think runners also recognize the the mental side of it too, where it just, you know, whether it's, it's clearing your thoughts, uh, endorphins, hormones, like, like all the different factors that come into it, that, that running yeah. is physical and mental, good, good release of, of energy sets up the day. Like it does all those things for, for so many of us. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, again, one thing just to, to, people that are listening to this, I always try to throw these out there once in a while that like, um, I'm going to, and I'm going to assume, and I'm going to even ask you the question, Dylan, but like, um, just because, you know, at this point, almost nine years in 12 miles is, is your quote unquote minimum for, for the day. Yeah. I'm going to assume in that nine year, almost nine years ago, uh, you know, uh -huh. July 1st, 2012, like 12 miles maybe wasn't the, the minimum at that point. No, I think at that, at that point, probably the minimum was maybe like seven or eight. Mm -hmm. I want to say, you know, seven or eight. And then like a long distance run would have been like nine miles. Right. right. You know, so just, nine it, was like my, yeah. It, and it builds in scales, you know, as, as, as yeah, we all know is fitness and, and goals and things like that. Um, what about when it comes to, to streaking and, and you're running, uh, when we, when we talk about races, you know, you talked about doing a couple of 50 mile virtual races, uh, but even a marathon, you go out, you know, you go out and hammer a marathon in, in pre COVID times, it's 26 mile. I'm going to go out and push it, you know, run as hard as I can. Um, I, and again, I'll show, I'll, I'll admit my bias. Like I think a good little couple days of recovery after a good hard race is not a bad idea. Um, yeah. but, but you know, how do you, and I'm assuming you just, you know, you're going to go out and run the next day. But like, yeah. like, how do you kind of balance that, that, or maybe not balance, but how do, how do races impact your streak? Do they like, what, how does that all kind of tie together? Yeah. So I, actually, it's funny that you ask that because in, at the end of 2019, I ran two marathons in the same weekend. I did uh, the Baltimore marathon and on, it was Saturday morning. I did the Baltimore marathon, got right in the car, drove up to New Jersey and did the Atlantic city marathon the next day. And yeah, I was hungry. I was sore, <laughs> but I got right back out there and ran, you know, 12 miles the next. Actually, I can't remember exactly. I might have run I might have run a 10 miler the day after that double marathon. Oh, okay. weekend. The streak broken. Yeah. Streak broken doesn't <laughs> Exactly. No, but like I I can't remember for sure, but like I do remember I went out and did like a long distance run and 
you know, I definitely took it easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I probably was not anywhere near as fast as my fastest time, but I just focused on, you know, getting plenty of water, eating plenty and, you know, just, just trying to walk it off when I could. Um, so yeah, I, I, and, and actually now that, so like now I'm, I'm thinking about sort of my post race activities and, you know, last week I did, um, I did a virtual 24 hour, 50 miler with the Yeti trail runners through the Yeti trail runners. And, um, that, so I did, you know, because it was 24 hours, I did my runs at 8 AM, noon, 4 PM, 8 PM, midnight and 4 AM. Well, I was going to count the midnight and 4 AM runs as my run for the day. It's not like I'm going to run 16 miles between, you know, midnight and 5:30 in the morning, come home, nap for three hours and then run again. Like, <laughs> I just figured that would be my run for the day. And that was, you know, because that was such an intense challenge, I did take it very easy uh, for the rest of that day and, you know, napped quite a bit, ate quite a bit um, and was not on my feet quite as often as I usually am. So I, I think it's just a matter of listening to your body and respecting your body and, you know, I think that was why I always felt comfortable streaking was because if, if I, if there were ever a day that it didn't feel right, I would just listen to my body and go with that. But I never really felt like I was betraying myself. Yeah. And that's, and I think that that's ultimately when it comes down to, to streaking, um, and the folks I've, I've talked to the conversations I've had with folks surrounding the, the idea, like that's ultimately what it's like to me where it's like, all right, that's, that's cool. Like, again, it may not be yeah. the thing that works for me long-term, whether it works for me through the month of May or not, what, you know, to be determined, but, um, I don't have any plans. Uh, although, like you said, you didn't have any plans on July 1st of going for no. nine, nine straight years and beyond. Uh, so who knows, but, um, you know, as long as you're, you're, you don't get so, I feel like as long as you don't get so caught up in it that like come hell or high water, I'm going to get my miles in. And if, you know, we'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow, if it breaks me down more or whatever, we'll figure it out for tomorrow. Like, like, okay. You know, if you get to that point, like that's a problem. But if it's just like, Hey, I feel good. Like then by all means, keep on keeping on. And I think that's what, that's really what the beauty of running is mm-hmm. that it's, it's really just, a, you know, a competition. I don't want to say a competition against yourself, but it's like, it's honoring your own goals and your own, you know, your own sense of what makes you feel good. I I talk to, I talk to so many fellow runners who will say to me like, Oh yeah, you know, I enjoy running, but I'm not, I'm not doing what you're doing. And I'm like, yeah, but that's okay. Like I'm not, I'm not engaging in discourse about running and I'm not talking to fellow runners because I think that everybody needs to do what I'm doing. What I'm doing works for me. And, you know, arguably what I'm doing is kind of, is kind of not healthy in some ways. Like I, I feel as if some people would say like, okay, this guy goes out and runs 12, you know, does a hundred miles a week, never takes a day off, goes out running in hundred degree heat, goes out running in, you know, 20 degree cold. Like 
he's sick. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not, I'm not ever like talking to runners and being like, Oh, well you're not doing what I'm doing. Okay. You can't call yourself a runner. Like Mm -hmm. it's all about what makes you feel good. And what I'm doing makes me feel good. And I think that for other people, if they are somebody who goes out and does three or four miles, three days a week, that's still a great running routine. And you know, they're using the sport to like kind of achieve their own goals. And I think that's what we all just really need to keep in mind. <laughs> right. Right. And I think that, and, and obviously, you know, op- the floor is open to you for your, for your thoughts on this as well, Dylan, but I feel like the running community as a whole, like we, we tend to get that, like, you know, yeah. and, and you might have a little bit of, of, you know, good nature, like, Oh gosh, this guy's crazy. And at 12 miles, you know, hundred miles a week, week after like, but at the same time, and I hope that this comes through from, from me, like, you know, a little bit of like, this guy's crazy, but at the same time it's working and it's all like, that's cool yeah. for him. And what it works for me works for me. And, and what works for the folks listening works for them. And like, like, and we can also still support ourselves or support each other and be at the, you know, hopefully soon be at races together and, and break bread and have a drink afterwards. And, and it's all good. No matter how you got there, you got there and that's what matters. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, yeah, it's, No, you said it perfectly. (laughs) I don't know that I have much to add to that. I do. I will occasionally have the opposite problem where people think that what I am doing is, is like easy for me, Mm -hmm. that I'm not challenging myself. You know, like I've, I've had friends who, when I say like, oh yeah, I'm running two marathons in the same weekend, or I'm going out and doing a, you know, 24 hour, 50 miler. And they're like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> like no, this is like a huge like right. this is a huge deal. This is a challenge. It still like pushes me outside my comfort zone. Just because I can run twelve miles every morning doesn't mean that a marathon is easy. <laughs> right. right. Well, and, and I mean it, it goes back even to to what we kind of talked about a little bit earlier, where you know it also depends on your intention. Like you know, I go out. I, yeah. Like you know, if you run 12 miles a day and so a marathon's not easy, but guess what? If you wanted to go out and just, just drop the, drop it on a 5k, like that wouldn't be easy either, even though it's a quarter of what you run every day. Like it, it all depends right. on what you're doing and what you're trying to get out of it. Yeah, definitely. Big time. So, um, you mentioned the, the Yeti 50 mile that you did. You said you'd done another uh-huh. uh, 50 mile virtual, uh, during the, the pandemic was, was that the, uh, another Yeti or what was, what was the other? 50 yeah, mile it was, a, it was another Yeti. I did a Yeti last summer and then I did a Yeti this spring. So mm-hmm. last week, how did, how did the two compare? Were they, were they similar as far as scope of challenge, difficulty, things like that? Was the first one more difficult? Second one easier? Cause quote unquote easier. Cause you knew what to expect. Like how did they compare? Yeah, I think, I think it was just a mental block. I think that the, the first one was just way more challenging because I, I think the first one was way more challenging because like I did not know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the second one, I was more mentally prepared for it. I also think that I, you know, I was better prepared to eat during the right. second one. You know, the first one, I was very nervous about like, you know, oh, I have to go for another eight mile run in three hours. Mm-hmm. Better not eat too much. And I think this time I was just like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to like <laughs> make myself a peanut butter sandwich mm-hmm. and enjoy it. And if it gives me a little bit of gastric upset, so be it. Like I can't be hitting the wall. Mm-hmm. So, and, and not that I'm some epic, um, you know, experienced ultra runner, 
but like I've done three fifty k. So like I'm not I'm not anything fancy in the in the world of ultra endurance. But I feel like, and again, this is all good natured, right? But I feel like that's that's the the typical like never really done an ultra before, like road marathon. Like I know I can have this a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit of fuel, but like I'll eat afterwards versus once you yeah. start dipping your toes into the ultra waters, it's like, well, like, well, you know, four more miles, I'll be at another aid station. We'll grab a bite to eat there. And, and seven more miles, I'll be at another aid station. We'll grab a bite to eat there. And it's just, it's, it, that's one of those big differences that you don't think about as far as how yeah. different quote unquote, just marathoning or just half marathoning road races are versus some of those ultra distance races where it's, it really is like that eating thing is just, that's as much a part of the game as, as running is. Yeah. And, and part of the training too, that you sort of need to train your body to be able to eat and then run. You can't say like, okay, I'm going to eat and then wait three hours until I like hit hit the road. Like you got to be ready to, your body has to be able to digest quickly. Right. Yeah. And you have to learn what things that would normally work well, maybe before a run, that they don't work well during a run or vice versa, right. things like that. I like it's, it's a, it's a constant experiment that you're playing out over the course of however many miles you're running. Exactly. But you know, no matter what distance you're running or how you're fueling yourself, there is nothing as great as that first meal after a long race. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. What's, what's your go-to post-race meal? Um, Oh, I'm boring. Hummus on toast. I love hummus on toast. <laughs> With as like with like some dates okay. or something like that. Yeah. And again, what works for you? You know, some exactly. people want to go all out. Some people like I'm. I'm. I don't know that I have a go to, but for me, it's like I'm more hungry the next day. Like obviously, I'm hungry yeah. after a race, but like, like kind of just eh, I, I own a few things, but nothing, nothing too crazy. And then the next day, it's like all the food just like it, it catches up to me. Yeah, definitely thinking about, uh, you know, thinking ahead, um, which is always, always a dangerous thing, right? Predict the future. Like what, you know, you never know how that's going to shake out. Um, but you've done two ultras now that were both of the, I don't know what the, the Yeti variety, meaning that they're segmented, right? You know, X amount of miles, right. four hours later, X amount of miles. Um, and, and you mentioned earlier that like, Hey, maybe the next time we talk, you have hopefully done a, 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 a in-person ultra that's probably not going to be set up like that it's probably going to be a start to finish type of thing um have, sure. have you thought at all or or i'm sure you've thought a little bit but obviously we won't know until you get there but the difference of those types of races of running 50k 50 miles whatever it shakes out to be all in one shot versus quote unquote only eight miles here eight miles there as you go over the course of 24 hours yeah, I I mean I definitely think that's on my that's on the top of my to-do list is an mm-hmm. in-person ultra. And I don't really necessarily know what to expect in terms of like if I get there and I want to run for 3 hours and then walk for the next 30 minutes and then run for an hour and then walk for you know, like how I want to break that up or or whatever. Um I feel as if that's going to be part of the learning experience is just yeah. like taking it as it comes at me and, mm-hmm. and learning. I think that my first, my first in-person ultra will probably be trial by fire. And I'm cool with that. You know, it might not be my best time, but my goal will just be to get through it. And, and that's, that is what I want to do is I want to do a 50 miler in person and just kind of figure it out as I go. <laughs> and ultimately, I mean, that's, that's kind of, what, what the first, whatever the first, that's the first 5k, that's the first half, that's the first full, that's the first 
first Yeti, like whatever it yeah. is, when you, when you don't exactly, like you can prepare, you can talk to other folks, you can get an idea, but you don't know what it's going to be like for you until you do it. So you just kind of, you know, see how it goes and, and kind of have that attitude of like, Hey, we're just, you know, we're going to, we're going to finish this thing. We're going to figure it out. We're going to learn from it. And then the next one have a better idea what to expect. And if, if you decide to do a next one, you have a better idea what to expect. And then you can, you can right. be a little more strategic in how you prepare. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, I don't even think I was mentally prepared for my first marathon. Right. Um, you know, my first 26.2 miler, I think that, you, you know, everybody could say like, Oh yeah, if you can run, 12 miles every morning, you're not going to have any problem doing a marathon. Well, that's true from a physical perspective, right. probably, right. but nobody prepares you for the total mental block that you have to get through to, to finish a marathon. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of logistics there and, and, you know, there's, there's that joke, I'm sure you've probably heard it or some variety, some variety of it of like, you know, a half marathon or whatever, 13 miles might be the numerical half of a marathon, but it's nowhere near the actual half, uh, like 20 miles is always kind of my go-to about the halfway point of the marathon is about 20 miles. Yeah. Mental physical combination. Oh my gosh. Miles 20 through 25 of a marathon are the <laughs> worst. Yes. They are the worst. You are miserable. And then you think about the fact that you paid a hundred dollars or something to be this miserable. <laughs> and they're the people who have the audacity to hold a sign at mile 21 saying you're almost there. Right. I'm right. like, I am not almost there. <laughs> I'm barely I'm halfway there. <laughs> right. Oh, good old, good old signs. You got to love them. And, and, and we've all, oh, yeah. we, I, I catch myself sometimes if I'm spectating, um, trying not to say those quote unquote foolish things that non-runners say to runners during a race. And yet I, you know, Oh, you're looking good. Like, no, you're not. Who are we kidding? Like, no, <laughs> you're not looking good. I know, you know, you're not looking good. I know when I'm where you are on a race that I'm not looking good yet. You're looking good, looking strong. Good job. Like, Oh, it's just, oh. and isn't that the worst when you actually feel strong and you feel like, a, like you're just like so powerful and you're like, I just finished this race. And then you get the race photos emailed <laughs> to you and you're like, Oh, burn these. I look like another digital yeah. burn them. <laughs> right. Um, like, Oh, I look really tired. Yeah, I was really tired and it, and it shows and it shows. Right. Exactly. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Um, pivot in a little bit before we wrap up, Dylan, let's, let's try to sell a, a book or two. If we, if you don't mind, tell us about, uh, the, the novel that you wrote. Like you said, I mean, that was, sounds like that was a long time coming. Uh, that it was something that yes. you've been thinking about working on, kicking around, you know, outlining from the, the days you started running. Um, tell us about your novel. Well, and I, I actually think it does tie into running kind of nicely because like I said, it was something or, you know, I had always wanted to do, but hadn't moved forward with until I became a runner and runner running brought like, you know, discipline and structure to my days. And then all of a sudden I'm, you know, setting goals and planning to apply to four year colleges mm -hmm. and outlining my first novel, which was, um, I had been basically creating my own mythology and my own world and my own creatures and all this stuff um, as a teenager and wanted to actually like lay all of that out in a narrative. Um, so as I was getting into running my freshman year of college, I outlined it and then spent the rest of college writing it. Um, cause you know, college, you're so busy and you've got so much that, that you're working on. 
Um, so you've got a lot of distractions, but that was always sort of like my side project was this, you know, YA fantasy novel, mm. um, that was kind of like in the, in the tradition of, you know, Chronicles of Narnia and Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and all that good stuff. And I, you know, was working on that on the side and then got out of college and started, you know, throughout the tumultuous young adult mm-hmm. period was, you know, trying to submit it to publishers and agents and was just getting, you know, as, as you always do getting rejection mm-hmm. after rejection and gave up on it, put it on a shelf and forgot about it. And then maybe like five years ago, I pulled it back out and said, Hey, you know what? This, I was onto something here. It needs a little bit of revision. I'm a stronger writer now than I was then, but I spent about a year revising it and reworking parts of it and then, you know, started submitting again and found a publisher who was willing to take a chance on it and, you know, dreams come true and it came out, uh, 2019 it was published and it was, yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, like I said, it's a YA fantasy. It's about, um, you know, a group of teenagers who team up with this, purple feathered creature named Archit who's on a quest to become human and they journey with him uh, to this, you know, faraway world of Nalgordia where they get caught up in a, you know, fight against forces of evil. And turns out the, the ones who have to defeat this evil need to be human. And so mm-hmm. Archit realizes he's counting on his human friends to save the day and also he recognizes, wow, my wish to become human, this is what it's going to require of me. Um, this is, this is a learning experience for everybody involved. Gotcha. So, you know, so yeah, they, they bring down the forces of evil before they're ultimately able to return home to the real world and help Archit kind of fulfill his quest. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Is it a, is it a one-off? Is it, are there, are there more, more books potentially coming? Like, like what are we talking about on that front? Yeah. So I, I wrote it as a one-off. I said that I wanted to write a, you know, that this was their story and I was ending it there. And then once it came out, people started saying to me like, Hey, when are we going to get a sequel to the purple bird? When's the purple bird going to get a, a sequel? And I started thinking, you know what? I really do love this character, this character, and I love this world, and I want to get back there. So yeah, I've been working on a sequel now, Return to Nalgordia, um, where they go back and have to face another adversary. Um, but I'm I'm working on that while working on another YA fantasy book that is you know separate from that, mm. from like that whole world and that set of that whole cast of characters um because i don't want to be branded as the guy who's only writing about Nalgordia. i want to write other fantasy stuff as well and then i don't want to be branded as just a fantasy writer so i am actually working on a book about writing at the or i'm sorry a book about running okay and writing and the link between running and writing at the same time so, so, wow. I, I mean, that's the way to do it, yeah. though, right? Like, like have a, have yeah. a, a few things going and, and don't get yourself pigeon. Like, you know, if you do too much of one right at the beginning, then you're just kind of like, this is who you are. Now you got, now's the time to diversify a little bit as well. Exactly. And it's going it, to, it's a much longer process because, 
you know, I only have so much time and energy. So it's, it, I'm dividing my focus among all of those things. So it, but Hey, I'm enjoying the process and that's what's awesome. important. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fantastic. And you said young adult fantasy. So, um, I'm assuming my, my daughter who's, who's six going on seven and is knee deep in Harry Potter, like this might be right up her alley, but for folks that, I guess yeah. the reason I'm asking the question for people that are listening that have kids, you know, what are we talking about? Like elementary age? Like what, what, what is kind of the target demo? Yeah, no. So, um, definitely like, you know, age 12 and up will be like good to go. If they if they're reading the Harry Potter books, if they read you know Narnia and mm. you know Lord of the Rings and all that, so like yeah, it will be right in their in their age range. I have I do a lot of like author visits with elementary schoolers to talk about creative writing, and I know many of the advanced readers in like fourth and fifth grade have read it and have loved it, and that's. They're actually, I think, some of my most enthusiastic readers gotcha. hearing from that age range where they're like, I read your book and I loved it. And I, that's awesome to hear. But yeah, I think that there's um, that that would be a, a very safe age range. Gotcha. gotcha. Maybe I need to put on my wife's radar. She teaches sixth and eighth grade middle school English and they do summer reading oh, programs awesome. and stuff. So I'll you know, put, a, put a little plug there for her to maybe tell her kids to read it as well. But uh, I would love that. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, hopefully some folks might, might check it out. Like I said, I got a feeling between one of my two girls, uh, between my, my wife and my daughter, we might be uh, checking out the purple bird as well. Um, but uh, Dylan, before we, we wrap things up today, we'll kind of shift back a little more to, to running focused uh, sure. topics. The, uh, the, the final question that I ask is, is something I, I typically call the philosophical question, which nothing more than kind of like the introductory question, something fairly open-ended, fairly, fairly straightforward. And you can kind of take it and go with it, whatever direction you want. And that's where, we'll, where we will wrap it up for today. Um, but but at, at this point in in your running career, you know, almost nine years of of running every day, you know, fifteen sixteen years since you started running. Um, I, I'd just be curious, you know, what what uh, things have you learned maybe from from running? Things that maybe you wouldn't have picked up on outside of running, but now that you're finding these these lessons come into 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 play in your life, in your writing, in other aspects of your life, things like that. What is what is maybe running one or two things that maybe running has taught you over the years? I really, so it, I love this question because I think that I have learned from running what my characters in my YA fantasy novels have learned from their adventures. Mm. And when they are, when they are thrown, when they're thrust out of the real world and thrown into this like fantasy world with pirates and dragons and monsters and battles and magic and all this stuff that they're forced outside their comfort zone. They realize that they have an inner strength that they weren't aware of and ultimately have to return home more confident in who they are and more assured of their ability to overcome their own problems. And that is what running does for me. And of course I'm here. I am living in first world suburbia. I am not, <laughs> you know, journeying to far off worlds, but I am able to go out and seek a really incredible challenge every single morning. And it has really taught me that, you know, it's cliched, but you're able to do anything that you put your mind to. You are able to overcome any challenge and even if you don't overcome the challenge, you will learn something about yourself in the process. 
you know, if you said to me today, like, go out and do, you know, gave me some crazy physical challenge, I might not, you know, I might not succeed, but I'm at least going to learn something about myself in the process. And that's the beauty of it. And that's what I love. And that's why I keep doing this every single day is because it's a chance for me to really, you know, learn something about myself and overcome something that I wouldn't normally have standing in my way. Right. Right. Very well said. And, uh, which I typically find myself at the end of the philosophical question, I'm not going to try to say too much because then I just muddy the water and we don't need to do that. You, you put it perfectly. We'll put a bow on it right there. Uh, once again, guys, DylanRoachWriter.com. If you want to check out uh, his writings, his, his, his articles, uh, obviously the book is available there as well. The Purple Bird. You can also get it. I'm sure anywhere books are sold pretty much, you can get the, the Purple Bird, Dylan. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, we'll, have, we'll have links for that in the show notes as well. Uh, Dylan is writing on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to follow him on social media, once again, disruns.com slash 944 is a link back to the show notes today. Uh, Dylan, thanks thanks again for, for the time today. And, and certainly, um, you know, keep on keeping on. Keep getting out there. Keep getting your 12 miles in. Pretty soon it'll be 15 a day and it'll be 18 a day, you know, and, and it's just going to keep on keeping on. But uh, stay healthy, my friend. Keep running. And obviously, if there's anything else we can do for you, let me know. But otherwise, uh, thanks again for the time and nothing but the best going forward. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Dylan and myself. And as per usual, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your takeaway from the little chit chat that, uh, that you just eavesdropped in upon? Um, for me, the, the takeaway maybe isn't what you, where you think I'm going to go with it. Cause it was something that just kind of got mentioned a little bit. Um, not necessarily in passing, but it's a good reminder to me when we talked about how, you know, doing different things, whether it's different race distances, aiming for different time goals, uh, whatever. I mean, it could, it could literally be anything. But when it's something new and how much of a learning experience that that is, you know, because you don't know what you don't know, right? You don't know how your body is going to respond at mile 22 until you get to mile 22. And, and depending on how your training plan looks, there's a pretty good chance that that's going to be during the race you know, during your first marathon that you're going to experience what mile 22, mile 23, mile 24 feels like. Obviously that scales up and down. You don't know what mile 12 is going to feel like until you get there. And again, if you're training for your first half marathon, pretty good chance that you'll get there during your first race, right? And the, the, the takeaway that I have was just the reminder that when we're doing new things, it's a big learning experience, but kind of the, the real reminder for me is taking it to the, to the next level is that every time we do something, it's the, it has the possibility, it has the potential to be a new learning experience. You know, every time I run a marathon, whether it's an S&G or whether it's a, a proper race, every time I go out for a 15-mile training run by myself, every time I run the, my, my six-mile loop in the neighborhood with the dog, uh, every time there's a race, every time there's a run, every time there's a workout, every time I do a math test, it's an opportunity to learn something new about myself, about my body, about what works best for me. Admittedly, I don't always take advantage of every opportunity to learn something. And, and quite frankly, you know, I mean, not that I, not that I know everything about running and I don't claim to, but you know, there may, there may not be too many things that I'm going to learn on a day-to-day basis, you know, when I've been doing basically the same thing for a year and a half now, but the opportunity is always there. The opportunity to learn from from running, learn about our bodies, learn about the sport, 
is always there. And I, I think that, that for me, again, the takeaway from today and, and from that little segment of the conversation about, you know, Dylan talking about, you know, learning what the Yeti was like. And then the second Yeti was a little bit easier and learning what the first 50 miler when it's all one together race is like, um, was just a reminder to me to, to always keep striving to learn, or at least always being open to the possibility of learning. Um, and so I don't know, maybe you don't need that. Maybe, maybe you are, are good at trying to learn lessons every day from your running or every time you go out there. Um, but it just kind of hit me when we were talking and I was like, dang, I don't necessarily like, maybe I do that for the big things, but I don't necessarily look for lessons on a day-to-day basis. And who knows how many things that I could have learned from that I missed because I wasn't looking for them. So it's a little reminder for me today to, uh, to keep, keep learning, keep looking for opportunities to learn. And so that was, that was my takeaway amongst several others, some streak related, some not, but that was, that was the biggest takeaway for me from today. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? As per usual, I'd love to hear it at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. You can also send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course, you can head over to the show notes for today's episode. We got a few photos, some links, the whole nine, which obviously includes that, uh, that comment section down at the bottom of the page. You can leave your thoughts and feedbacks down there at the bottom of the page in the comment section as well. Dizruns.com slash 944. Also, one last time, at least one last time for today. I'll mention it again at some point. Uh, but if you're looking for, for coaching, ready to, to jump on board, um, we'd love to have you. We'd love to have you, or at least we'd love to, to entertain the possibility. You know, a- answer your questions, let you make that decision. Uh, but disruns.com slash coaching, uh, give you information on the coterie, on one-to-one, uh, on all the different options that are available. And, uh, you know, one last time, the prices are going up soon-ish, probably in the next couple few weeks. And, uh, you know... If you get in before that, you can lock in the current price for as long as you want to uh, want to keep working with me. So, you know, don't say I didn't warn you is the moral of that story. Uh, but anyway, check all that stuff out, disruns.com slash coaching. And now, without any further ado, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, thank you all for your time. Thanks for your attention. Thanks for taking Dylan and I with you uh, today, wherever it was that we uh, went and hung out or went for a run or whatever chores we were doing. Whatever it is, thanks for taking us with you. And until next time, y'all, please be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? See you guys.